1: Welcome back in, and uh, we have a treat. I'm going to go right to the phone line because I don't want to waste any time. Uh, Bruce Hooley, welcome to your show. How are you, brother?
2: (laughs) I am great, Jack. Thanks so much for uh, inviting me on today. I've been remiss that I haven't been on much lately because, uh, shockingly, the people who do radiation and chemo are really good at their jobs, and they can predict your side effects uh, quite accurately. They're absolutely right. You get very, very tired doing this, so... I'm, uh, I've am i been extremely tired and uh, not very productive lately, but uh, I'm happy to report that I took my last uh, radiation treatment today, and then I finished my first round of chemo, so the fatigue will probably uh, continue to preside over my life for another three, three and a half weeks, but toward the end of January, I should be starting to feel back to more of my normal self.
1: That's fantastic news. Now... Um, and if you don't want to divulge, that's okay. Yeah. First round of chemo and radiation. Are there more rounds, or is is this is this all for now?
2: Yeah, it's, there, there'll probably be more rounds of chemo, not okay. more rounds of radiation, at least for a calendar year. Okay, and quite quite unlikely that there would be more radiation um, because it's just not something that they do more than once very often. Uh, I've got a I've got the best kind of brain cancer you can have for long term survival, so it's not that not that they're you know, hesitant to do it again because it wouldn't help, it's just that you don't really need it. So they'll do an MRI of my brain in late January to assess how effective the chemo and radiation have been, and then that will determine how much longer I'll be on chemo starting in February. could be for six months, could be for nine, could be for a year. I mean, maybe it won't be at all. I mean, who knows? We'll see. Uh, I feel like I've been Spared a lot of the side effects. No nausea, not sick to my stomach once. My appetite's been fine. Haven't had any of the other long list of side effects they say you can have. Uh, And I credit all the people praying for me for that as well as uh, a much better diet and uh, good vitamin supplements that I've been pretty good to be finished with all this before Christmas.
1: Man, uh, I got to tell you, I was at an event earlier this week. And uh, people were very kind. They said, you're, you know, we, we like listening to you, Jack, but we miss Bruce. <laughs> so <laughs> well, I want I like you to this. know.
2: I like listening to you, too. So well, I uh, <laughs> concur that I, I definitely enjoy listening to you.
1: Well, thank you. But I'm telling you, you're missed your commentary, your insight, <laughs> your interviews. Um, and uh, it's just so good to hear your voice and so good to know um, that you're on, on the road to recovery. Now, you're saying that you're going to your energy's going to tick up a little bit, which is. Awesome in general, but specifically, you're you're going to be installed in. Is it in January on on the Jonathan Alder School Board? Is that accurate?
2: Yeah, I start my term in January. I've already been to two different uh, training seminars, all day training seminars. Those uh, took a lot out of me. You know, just uh, wasn't very uh, energetic going in, but uh, you got to concentrate for a few hours while you're sitting there learning all the nuances of what a good school board member uh needs to do and how you're part of a team. And I'm really blessed. You know, at Jonathan Alder, we have a phenomenal board. We have a tremendous, tremendous administration and great teachers. And I'm not joining a broken uh, district uh school board. No, you know, we don't have, thankfully, uh a lot of the problems that they have in other districts. We're more of a, we're more in a vigilant role, more of a, you know, student outcomes role and perfecting and polishing what they've already been doing very, very well at Jonathan Alder. We're growing and that's a challenge in and of itself mm-hmm. because the people who remember Olin Tangy as a one high school district uh, can make their own judgments about whether they grew smartly or whether they just grew fast. Uh, we're going to grow fast at Jonathan Alder. We've got five housing developments under construction now and there's only so much we can do as a school board, of course, to monitor development in the district. We want to be good partners, but we also understand that our residents, who pay for our schools through their property taxes, you know, we want to do the best that we can to keep their property values high, and good schools are a part of that.
1: Yeah, well, I would say this as as the father of a, a student in Olin They grew fast, and in fact, I think it was Newsmax released a special report last week, and unfortunately, Olin Local School District was highlighted. And uh, it's not for good reasons, so it's great that you are doing what you're doing at Jonathan Alder and they're blessed to have you, brother. Uh, I know that your phone might be on the blink here and uh, we've got about four and a half minutes. Uh, I want to open the floor to you man it's it's Christmas time. There's a lot going on politically. Um, the mic is yours man. what do you what do you want to say to your listeners?
2: Well, first of all, the most important part is that you know Christmas is. Uh, God's gift to us, you know, sending His Son and to into the world to solve, as the Apostle Paul writes, you know, the mystery, which is that the mystery is that God is for everyone, not just the Jewish people. Obviously, I'm heartbroken by what I see in our country and the hatred toward uh, the Jewish nation. I've said many times on the show, and will always say, if you're not on the side of the Jewish people, you're on the wrong side. Uh, I wish our current administration would not uh, view the Jewish people through the prism of political uh, popularity, but would view it through the prism that would be correct, which is to stand with Israel through the eradication of Hamas and the terror and genocide that they would love to inflict on the Jewish people. Um, I hope our Republican Congress holds fast and does not surrender the leverage that they have. This is the only way we're ever going to get our southern border secure is to withhold the aid to uh, Ukraine that Joe Biden wants. If they yield on that, we'll never get that leverage again. Um, and then I'm troubled by what I see, of course, with a lot of the school districts that are doing it wrong, Columbus City Schools, uh, chief among them, you know, wasting money going to woke seminars in San Diego, no accountability. I really rue that the district voters um, gave $100 million to a district that's going to waste that money and spend it on anything but improving student outcomes. So um, I feel for the people of Columbus City Schools, we had for a little bit hope that there was going to be some accountability there. I know Anna Watson and the NAACP is trying, but there's only so much they can do until they get some help uh, from other people who would be courageous enough to stand up against uh, the lies and the waste that's going on in Columbus City Schools.
1: Yeah, we just talked with uh, a couple of gentlemen who are part of the Hillsdale uh, school classical academy uh, system and there is a public school that will open in dublin which yep. is refreshing and you know that is the hopefully the silver lining in this dark cloud of uh, pessimism with education is that school choice is alive and well in ohio and you know i don't think they can build these schools or open them up fast enough because bruce the schools that suffer the most are filled with the kids who need the most help and um, it is a shame that that Columbus City Schools is, is you know, they took their pandemic money and they hired, I think, an insane number of administrators <laughs> yep. uh, and they just continue to put themselves first over the kids who sorely need what they could be getting if they had uh, teachers uh, unions not in the way and, and teachers that, and administrators that were bent on helping them.
2: Yeah, I mean, I know there are a lot of people in my district who did not vote for me who wonder how I can be a, a school choice advocate and have the, in their mind temerity to run for a public school board. Look, I'm about student outcomes. We have great student outcomes in Jonathan Alder, and there are a lot of other districts that have great student outcomes too. And those are the districts that don't fear school choice because guess what? If you have great student outcomes and we have a gifted and talented program that we're implementing at Jonathan Alder to service those students, we do a lot for the kids on the low learning end in Columbus they're not doing anything for kids on the high end they're taking away an online program from kids on the high end and they're taking away and they're and they're not servicing the kids on the low end if you're doing a great job as a public school why would any resident of your district not send their student to your school i mean that's it's quote unquote free you don't have to pay you know private school tuition it's convenient they'll send a bus right to your house if you don't live down the street within walkable distance so I tell our teachers and I tell our administrators let's build a system we can build so people don't want to leave. So we win the competition when there's a comparison. Amen. And in districts where there's where there are holes and how they're servicing student outcomes, you see schools like Columbus Classical Academy, like the Hillsdale School forming in Dublin. Those schools don't form unless there's a need for them to form in those communities.
1: Amen. And there's
2: not a one size fits all solution. Everybody doesn't, you know, isn't served maybe by a public school. So there's no reason to fear competition. Competition makes everyone better. And obviously, as a public school system, it's growing, and we're going to be challenged with growth in the alder system. Uh, it's not a bad thing if 100 kids decide they want to go somewhere else. Maybe it spares you having to build another building. So I'm excited about everything that's going on in education in Ohio, uh, but I'm going to be very disappointed if our governor does not sign House Bill 68. That will be for me, a complete and total breaking point from uh, Mike DeWine. I'm already halfway separated from him, but if he's not signed House Bill 68 into law, then his political legacy, and by the way, that of by association of John Husted will be forever, forever tarnished.
1: Amen to that. We got to run, unfortunately, Bruce. God bless you. I love you. Continue to get well. Merry Christmas, and we'll talk to you again soon, okay?
2: To all the listeners as well. Thank you so much.
1: Thank you, brother. Hey, stay tuned. A final segment of The Bruce Woolley Show up next. Rounding third, heading home. Friday edition of The Bruce Woolley Show on 98.9 FM. The answer. What a treat, Bruce. Thank you for tuning in and for calling in. And for providing astute commentary, I was, it's always a little intimidating. I got to be honest. After I have Bruce on, I'm like, he starts rattling off on these topics and I go, man, oh man, a Shavitz. uh you have a gift, Bruce. And, and uh, it's always an honor and a pleasure to hear you provide commentary and insight on political issues. And of course, um, we love to hear that you are well and getting well. Uh, and we can't wait to have you back here in this chair behind this microphone, doing what you do. One of the things that you talked about before we got off the phone was House Bill 68, and I want to talk about that for a minute. Governor Mike DeWine promised one left-leaning Columbus outlet that he would make a decision next week. This, my friends, is concerning for three reasons. First, DeWine has a history of appointing and listening to activists. Amy Acton, does that ring a bell? Uh, He tried to replace her after she was run out by an abortion activist. Do you remember Dr. Uh, DeWave or DeWave? I can't remember how to pronounce her name. Uh, But she was going to be uh, the heir apparent after Acton left, and she withdrew her application. Of course, the press didn't tell you the full story. The reason that she withdrew her application is the state Senate said, "Mm, mm, 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 not this time, nobody. And so she was gone. Uh, The medical industrial complex, hospitals, homes, clinics, drug makers have financial ties to DeWine. I reported his shares of Pfizer and shares of other uh, healthcare industry companies. Now, it's easy to go, well, of course, a lot of people own health care shares. Yes, they do. But when you're making decisions about whether those things should be used or not, that to me sounds like conflict. And uh, if you ever read the book written by someone who is now no longer with us, Neil Clark, a lobbyist who committed suicide after the Larry Householder series of arrests happened, he said – very articulately that hospitals and homes and clinics they essentially have ATMs set up for the Republican party around the state of Ohio. So these complex organizations and I say complex as in like medical industrial complex they pour money into the Republican coffers. So that's my first concern. The second concern is that state house state house insiders last week confessed that a poison pill was pitched for house bill 68 before it passed. And that pill would allow for procedures, the lopping off surgeries, the drugs, to be illegal with an exception. And the exception would be made for the most severe cases of gender dysphoria. Think about that. How do you monitor that? There's no scale. There's no way to determine the most severe, not a blood test, not a DNA sample but a subjective opinion of somebody who has a vested interest in the profit that comes from prescribing drugs or issuing a surgery order. It's a broad and ambiguous exception that would make the entire bill worthless on gender activism, at least on that front. It would still have the Save Women's Sports Act. So um, those same sources tell me that it was DeWine's lobbyists who were pushing this exception – The third concerning matter is that DeWine is visiting hospitals as he ponders his decision. As we've reported at the Ohio Press Network and as other outlets have reported, uh, some nationally renowned investigative journalists, by the way, um, hospitals profit from gender drugs and surgeries. Our guest earlier this week, Jamie Reed, is proof positive. If you missed that segment, then go back and listen. I believe it was from Wednesday, December 20th. Reed blows the whistle on the unscientific, shoddy, scandalous happenings at a St. Louis Children's Hospital. If DeWine is listening to decision makers in children's hospitals, friends, then the ship is sunk. I hope that I'm wrong. I really do hope that I'm wrong. I just don't know if I am. So here's how I'm going to end today. The man I'm talking about was not a Scrooge. Now, he was a kind, decent, mostly good man, generous to his family, upright in his dealings with other men, but he just did not believe in all that incarnation stuff, which the churches proclaim at Christmas time. It just did not make sense. He was too honest to pretend otherwise. He could not swallow the Jesus story about God coming to earth as a man. He told his wife, I'm truly sorry to distress you, but I'm just not going with you to church this Christmas Eve. He said he'd feel like a hypocrite, that he'd much rather just stay home, but that he would wait up for them. So he stayed and they went to the midnight service. Now, shortly after the family drove away in the car, snow began to fall. He went to the window to watch the flurries getting heavier and heavier. Then he went back to his fireside chair where he began to read his newspaper. Minutes later, he was startled by a thudding sound then another, then yet another. At first he thought somebody must be throwing snowballs against the living room window. But when he went to the front door to investigate, he found a flock of birds huddled out there miserably in the snow. They had been caught in the storm. In a desperate search for shelter, they tried to fly through his large landscape window. That was what had been making the sound. Well, he couldn't let those poor creatures just lie there and freeze. So he remembered the barn where his children stabled their pony That would provide a warm shelter. All he would have to do is direct the birds into the shelter quickly. He put on a coat and boots and trampled through the deepening snow to the barn, and he opened the doors wide, and inside the barn he turned on the light so the birds would know the way in, but the birds did not come in. So he figured that food would entice them. He went back into the house and fetched some breadcrumbs, sprinkled those on the snow, making a trail of the breadcrumbs to the yellow-lighted wide-open doorway of the stable. But to his dismay, the birds ignored the breadcrumbs. The birds just continued to flop around helplessly in the snow. He tried catching them. He could not. He tried shooing them into the barn by walking around them, waving his arms, but instead they scattered in every direction, every direction except into the warm lighted barn. And that's when he realized that they were afraid of him. They were afraid of him. To him, he reasoned, I'm strange, terrifying. If only I could think of Some way to let them know that they can trust me, that I'm not trying to hurt them, but to help them. But how any move he made tended to frighten them and confuse them, they just wouldn't follow him. They would not be led or shooed because they feared him. And he thought to himself, if only I could be a bird. Now, if I could be a bird and mingle with them and speak their language and tell them not to be afraid, then I could show them the way to the safe, warm barn. But I would have to be one of them, wouldn't I? So they could see and hear and understand. At that moment, the church bells began to ring. The sound reached his ears above the sounds of the wind, and he stood there listening to the bells. They were pealing the glad tidings of Christmas, and he sank to his knees in the snow. I hope for you and for those you love the merriest of Christmas. I hope that you have an experience in your life and with the Christ that helps you understand that he did indeed become one of us, that in the midst of our storms, we would be led into the warm, lit barn. have a Merry Christmas. I will be back with you next Wednesday at 11 o'clock. And um, God bless you. God keep you. God make his face shine upon you and be gracious unto you. Until next time.